We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire NFL DFS podcast for week 14. I'm Scott Jenstead, joined again tonight by Vlad Sedler. If you could please rate or review the podcast, that would be greatly appreciated. Uh, wherever you happen to listen to us, if you happen to listen to us on iTunes, you can leave one there, Stitcher, wherever it may be. We would greatly appreciate that. Um, if you want to follow us on Twitter, hit us up for some questions, uh, get some info as the, week, as the games get closer. I am at Scott Jenstead, J-E-N-S-T-A-D. Vlad is at Rotogut, R-O-T-O-G-U-T. Vlad, week 14, how are you? I'm good. I can't believe we're here. Just kind of hop, skipped, and jumped all the way over. And, uh, yeah, I mean, season-long fantasy playoffs. Uh, Going to have some sweats going on there. Got my Jags defense with Matt Prater loaded up on pretty much every team. And uh, just kind of doing the research for the week. Obviously, doing that for DFS uh, will we'll sort of help out the season-long teams as well. And just, you know, ready to help everybody crush. Before we move on to week 14, how was uh, your week 13? 
You know what? It was okay. Uh, my main team was cruising for the, for the most part through through most of the early games, uh, and in the end, just ended up falling short. So really disappointed on that. Uh, basically, couldn't fit the. Uh, ended up not having the Ravens defense uh, on that one, and you know Ravens were essentially my favorite play of the week. Uh, you know Gronk performed, and you know so that was nice, but sort of at a chalky ish twenty percent. Uh, but I was pretty much in on Keenum. Uh, with his targets there, Thielen and Diggs. Diggs again fell short, and then uh, a lot of Breeze. I know, you know, we talked about it last week. Uh, you totally sold me on it, and I was, I was, I was all in. I thought it was a great suggestion, and as uh, NFL fate would have it, the Kamara train just kept rolling. Yeah, just ended up too many rushing touchdowns. You know, kind of the way it's been. Michael Thomas was pretty good. He had 70 yards and a touchdown, but. Breeze definitely fell short. Only one passing touchdown. I really thought they would get a little more, but it seemed every time they got there, they uh, they got close to the passing game, and then they ran the ball in. So it uh, didn't work out. You know, I mentioned on the pod how much I liked Tyreek Hill last week. That really worked out well. I had Travis Kelsey in a bunch of spots. That was nice to get two touchdowns in the first five minutes. But uh, after thinking I was going to have a huge day when Kelsey started, it just kind of went downhill. No Alex Smith. And I had too much Jordan Howard. He, uh, he really fell, fell apart against the Niners. The Bears only ran like 36 plays or something crazy like that. Um, you know, their offense is so bad, and they had the they had the punt return touchdowns that took away a possession, and they just didn't have the ball the whole game. They couldn't stop uh, they couldn't stop the Niners. They couldn't get anything going, and you know, uh, Howard just uh, Howard's just a bum because of that uh, the game flow reasons. Yeah, and I I just sort of went with the flow uh, in cash games this week. Uh, just sort of popping in Howard there. Just thought it was a great play. Thought game flow would really work out for them well, and now that's two busts in a row, and so. Yeah, it's really disappointing. I know we'll talk about it a little bit later, but um, I think there's a potential for um, you know a little bit of a last week's chalk fail to potentially come through for us this week. Yeah, too much Jordan Howard, then Mike Evans let me down. But uh, you know, so mixed in uh, mixed in those two bombs with with some good plays and just didn't quite get uh, where I wanted to be. Yeah, so I, I mean, at this point, I think it's on to uh, to week fourteen. I think we're we're locked and loaded with our prep and ready to help have everyone out this week yeah again a big slate no bye weeks uh, just a note on FanDuel we do lose the Sunday night game this week uh, do the they're doing the uh, the fan championship slate and a bunch of championship stuff so this slate this week uh, just for one week only does not have the Sunday night game so no Sunday hammer this week on the main slate so we will uh, we'll skip that game um, tough games to miss though the Thursday night game especially the Saints at the Falcons over under a 53 and a half by far and away the, the biggest total of the weekend we lose that game we lose the Steelers offense tonight. We lose the Patriots offense Monday night. So, uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe some diversity without those big offenses uh, going on the mix in the main slate. Yeah, and and actually, for for those that are interested, the uh, the big game this week is the the four million dollar NFL Fan Championship, and it's a two hundred fifty dollar entry, a million dollars to first. Uh, you know, if obviously not going to recommend if you're not playing at that level to necessarily jump in. But hey, as we're getting here towards the end of the season, might be fun to you know throw an entry in there if you're feeling really strongly about it. A million dollars to first place at the moment out of uh, approximately 18,000 entries. We've got over 10,000 filled. So um, if you're thinking about jumping in, you may want to do that soon. Yeah, and there's a lot of people that qualify that through uh, through different tournaments during the course of the year. So it should be uh, should be a fun game. Uh, let's move on to the main slate, though. Let's jump right into it. That's what everybody wants to hear about. Starting um, with an interesting game, Indianapolis at Buffalo. Should be some bad weather in this game. Uh, I talked to uh, Roto-Wire's own Kevin Payne a little bit earlier. Uh, he said there's a lot of snow in Buffalo this weekend, a high of 24 on Sunday. He said uh, he said tickets are uh, easy to get and really cheap because nobody wants to sit there in the snow and watch Indian Buffalo. Should be uh, should be an interesting one that might affect um, the might affect the stats in this game. It is no line yet. 
Tyrod Taylor's questionable for this game, so we don't have a line yet. But uh, starting on the indie side, not a lot for me to like there. Um, T.Y. Hilton's so boomer bust. Frank Gore is solid, but doesn't really go off. Is there anybody on the indie offense that you're thinking of playing at all? I don't know. I think there's potentially some playable pieces here against just a really sloppy Bills defense. I mean, I'd probably give Gore some consideration. Uh, I think especially since this game, you know, probably a game where we're going to see a lot more running. And, uh, you know, especially thinking that the Colts aren't really going to be playing from behind if Peterman is under center for the Bills. And, you know, I mean, their run D just continues to get thrashed, the Bills, that is. Uh, since they traded Marcel Darius, they've allowed 6.3 yards of carry last week to uh, Lewis and Burkhead combined for the Patriots. Um, and Gore does have at least 16 carries in all but one of his last five games. And that exception, of course, was the uh, blowout against the Jaguars last week. So, and, and, But Gore did run at nearly five yards a clip. I mean, he just continues to be a machine, uh, obviously more so of a tournament type of play if you are playing a few entries. Um, you know, and then with Hilton again, you know, if you're going to play him at all, it's going to be in a GPP type of spot. Uh, the bills did lose, uh, their slot corner, Leonard Johnson to a knee injury last week. And so we're not sure if he plays, uh, it's likely that, uh, someone named Lafayette Pitts would step in to guard Hilton, which I think might definitely be a little bit of an upgrade for him. Yeah, I just don't know on Gore in tournaments. Obviously, uh, Frank Gore is one of my favorite players ever as a 49er fan, but he's top 65 yards once all year. And while the, the, the carries have been there lately, he does have 50-plus yards the last five weeks. So he is put up some yards. But without you know a chance to go over 100 yards, it's hard. He probably needs two touchdowns to really pay off in a tournament. Yep. You know, he's, not, uh, he's not expensive, but uh, it's just uh, I just don't know if the upside is there for, for what you really want in a big tournament. Yeah, and, you know, and I, I do think Jack Doyle is, is worth a mention because his, his price just looks so fair. And, you know, the Bills are allowing the fourth most receptions to uh, opposing tight ends this season. And so I do think that Doyle is somebody who's going to uh, to get a lot of action, maybe more so on a full PPR site. Um, but, you know, the Bills have only allowed two touchdowns to tight ends this season. But, you know, for me, I'm looking more at the receptions and the yards. Uh, I do think that Doyle is in play. What about for Buffalo uh, here? I mean, you've got Kelvin Benjamin, who looks like he's going to be back for this game. Uh, Deontay Thomas, uh, Thompson, sorry, and Zay Jones saw 15 targets combined last week, uh, even though they did very little with it, catching just four targets. Um, I'm not really too interested here with Buffalo with Peterman at the helm. But, you know, what about McCoy? Does McCoy interest you in uh, in any way? I mean, he's uh, really priced up there. Nine thousand this week, the number one receiver, even ahead of Gurley. Yeah, I couldn't believe that uh, how expensive McCoy was. He's one of those guys that I really like him this week, but I, I would need uh, I'd need Tyrod Taylor to play, and I don't know if that's going to happen. I just think that yep. Tyrod opens up so much, you have to at least respect his ability to run the ball and helps McCoy a lot. Uh, McCoy's interesting, you know. He's uh, he's one of those guys that's really good at home and bad on the road. He has 114 um, yards per yards from scrimmage per game at home this year, only 78 on the road. He's averaging nearly uh, five yards per carry the last five weeks. So he's really been hot lately, nine targets the last couple of weeks. So if they do get behind a little bit, which I don't anticipate in a game against Indy, he will catch the ball too. But um, I'm going to need to see what happens with Tyrod. He didn't practice today. He's considered day to day. They're going to kind of, uh, you know, figure out what they're going to do with him. But it might limit his ability to scramble, which uh, which hurts his game. But I think for, for 9,000, I'm going to need him to play to think about McCoy. Yeah, and I think the main issue here is that if Peterson is in, uh, it just makes it all the more simpler for the Colts D to, to basically key in on McCoy. Uh, and, you know, honestly, the Colts D, they haven't been slouches of late. I mean, they held Fournette to about three yards per carry last week. Uh, you know, DeMarco Murray to under one yard per carry. But I think you and I could probably hold DeMarco <laughs> under that these yeah. days. 
um, and left Bell to just three, three, three for carry in the previous week. And so obviously I'd be much more excited about uh, him if, if Tyrod was starting. Uh, the one thing that I do have to look up uh, because they're, uh, they will be wearing their all red uniforms. I need to look up uh, uh, splits on how McCoy is done in all red because, hey, that matters. I don't have the splits in front of me, but I tell you that Shady looks really fast in those red uniforms. There's no doubt about that. Nice. All what right, about, let's let's uh, get on to the uh, real oh, quick. More, though, what about this game? Sorry. What about, what about the Bills D real quick? They're priced up at fifty three hundred. The Colts get sacked a lot. Uh, Fifteen sacks last three games. Um, five straight games of at least three sacks given up. Uh, Brissett threw a couple of picks last week. Uh, Buffalo did sack Tom Brady three times last week. Uh, any interest in uh, the Bills D if the weather gets bad? No, not at the price. I think that's going to basically be the fade for me. Uh, you know, yes, Brissett did throw a couple of picks, but I mean, basically over the last, you know, seven games or so, he had only had three picks total. Uh, Buffalo's defense really doesn't scare me. I was actually kind of shocked. And of course, I know about the sacks, but certainly shocked to see them priced as the number one defense this week. Yeah, it would have to be uh, some ugly weather for me to think about it, but I'm going to check that on Sunday morning. I might slide one in if, it, if it's snowing. Uh, moving on to the next game, super low over-under, so we could uh, probably get through this game pretty quick. The Bears at the Bengals. Cincinnati's fared by six, over-under of only 37.5. Clearly an indication of how much uh, nobody likes the Chicago offense. Mitchell Trubisky uh, really struggling. They're super conservative. They do very little on offense. Uh, what about Jordan Howard? We touched on him real quick earlier, how he uh, he let a lot of people down last week against the 49ers. Uh, are you going back to him, or are you stay away this week? No, I think if I'm playing three lineups, I just don't love the matchup. Um, he's going to be a tough play for people in general, just coming off those two bad games in a row. People have that bad taste in their mouths after the chalk bust against the Niners last week. Uh, you know, though, the Bengals' run defense has actually sprung a few leaks um, when you compare them to the first half of the season where they were much better. Uh, and I do expect this to be a, a game played heavily on the ground. So, you know, I'd actually consider a, a contrarian Howard this week. I think it's, uh, you know, one of those things comparing against the other receivers. I wish he was cheaper, but I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if he uh, came through uh, and, and really stuck it to those who decided not to play him this week. Yeah, he's priced down to 7000 And a big note on the Bengals' defense, Vontez Perfect obviously had the concussion on Monday night, the, the hit yep. from Juju Smith-Schuster. So he may not play, and that's, you know, that's their best run stopper among the linebackers. He's their best player on defense. Uh, I'm going to watch the Vontez Perfect news pretty closely before I figure out on Jordan Howard. But uh, at 7000 I think he's an interesting play. Um, but, you know, Terry Cohen's kind of taking some targets away or some carries away again. He's getting a little more use. Uh, I'm a little worried about the game flow with Cincinnati as a favorite. Um, probably not very much Jordan Howard for me this week, but if Burfecht doesn't play, I might start to think about it a little bit more. Yeah, and I think in general, I mean, this is the game that folks are probably the least interested in. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a gruesomely low 37.5 total, tough matchups all around. I mean, I'd much probably more likely consider the defenses uh, than the offensive players. But, uh, you know, Inman actually interests me, Dontrell Inman. I mean, he's the only Bears receiver that I consider. Uh, and even so, I don't typically attack the Bengals' pass defense. But that said... Adam Jones is dealing with a growing injury and may not play. So it's possible that Inman would be dealing with backup corner William Jackson. And so, you know, people look at a punt and, and getting off the, the sort of the typical D.D. Westbrook or Marquise Goodwin where people are looking to save uh, might look Inman's way. Uh, he is due for a score here. Yeah, he uh, he scored last week but only had two targets. which was a little disappointing, but moved up to a little bit to 5,200. Um, yeah, I liked him more last week. Um, kind of okay him this week. I just it's just so hard. You have to you have to score pretty quick because Trubisky and they, they just don't throw the ball very much. 
Uh, on the Cincy side, a uh, guy I like this week at 5,100, Gio Bernard. Um, he looked really good after the Joe Mixon concussion on Monday night. Got to think in the short week, uh, there's a very good chance Mixon does not play. Uh, Bernard was 13 carries for 77 yards, also had a couple catches. He's averaging 4.21 yards per carry this year as opposed to uh, Mixon, who's only at 3.3. Uh, on the flip side, though, Bears run these good. They haven't allowed a 100-yard rusher all year long. Um, what about yep. Bernard at 5,100? That's really cheap on FanDuel. He is. It's interesting. And we've seen a few plays sort of pop in uh, out of nowhere. Jamal Williams a couple of weeks ago. And then, of course, he came through again last week. And then uh, Peyton Barber, I definitely saw some people play him there. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely a possibility. The price is really, really good. Um, it, You know, obviously – as you mentioned, the Bears haven't allowed a 100-yard passer uh, – I'm sorry, a 100-yard running back to date. Uh, and Gio may not get that, but it really doesn't matter uh, for the price. You really just want him to get in there once, maybe catch uh, four to five passes, and maybe get you 100 yards from scrimmage. That that would definitely do. Yeah, if Mixon sits, 5,100 is just really cheap for, uh, for a starting running back. What about uh, the, the big combo last week of Andy Dalton and A.J. Green played really well on Monday night. You know, Green went off in the first half. Didn't do anything in the second half except for drop a couple passes, but uh, – what about going back to AJ at 8,300? He's locked in right now. I mean, he could definitely work out well. Uh, he'll he'll probably run at least a third of his routes on the right side um, in, in in Kyle Fuller coverage as opposed to uh, Prince of Kamara on the other side, uh, who's obviously been a much more stingy uh, defender this year. Um, either way, I mean, you know, as usually with the case against this Bears, uh, you know, defense even though they are on the road big plays may be hard to come by um, sort of like they were last week but that doesn't necessarily mean green can't hang up you know 100 yards on five or more catches and so i mean either way he's a top five you know receiver in general for the week and so it really ha- it comes down to how you feel about him over maybe other options in his range perhaps him versus a deandre hopkins andy dalton multiple t- passing touch in the six of seven games somehow that's pretty impressive yeah, I'm. I, you know, man, there's just something I, I've got to sort of put my foot down in certain places, and <laughs> I, I can't play Andy Dalton this week against Chicago. If he beats me, so let so let it be. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a pass. Yeah, that's actually a good point. You know, there's 13 games on the slate. You gotta you gotta say no to some guys. And it's interesting. I think that on a slate like this, a lot of low overunders, we've got to figure out. You know, what's what are, what's gonna be the game that kind of turns into a shootout? Last week, Kansas City and the mm-hmm. Jets turned into the shootout, and that was the game that won people a lot of money. And it's uh, if you can find those games that, uh, you know, are unexpected shootouts, obviously, you know, New Orleans, Atlanta, when they play, everybody expects that. But if you can get the game that's, uh, you know, 45 over under and goes for 65, 70 points, that's really important. So hopefully we can figure out what we think that game is this week. Uh, moving on to the next game, we've got uh, – oh, sorry, anybody else in Cincinnati? Do you want to talk about the Bengals' D at all? No, and I was I just wanted to touch on your point. I mean, it, it's really tough. Uh, obviously, you're, you're going to see a lot of those people that hit on – you know, 2% Alex Smith with Hill and, you know, basically game stack that. Um, these are people that, uh, you know, obviously there could be a couple people that have just, you know, put it in as their only entry, but you've got a lot of multi-entry people uh, out there. And, you know, we, uh, a lot of the listeners may, maybe just putting in a couple of lineups. And so, you know, really it's just a matter of, you know, your own uh, discipline. Like if, you know, or, or how much you're willing to lose. Like if, you know, you're really feeling, if you're only building three lineups, but you're really feeling a specific game, you know, make sure you put that game stack in there as one of, as one of your three builds. Um, you know, last week just happened not to not work out for me, but, you know, I w- was really targeting the Minnesota offense. Uh, I like Breeze in the passing offense. And so, you know, sometimes it's important to really take your stands, uh, use the week to sort of, you know, get to that right decision, um, you know, to come to that conclusion and sort of, uh, you know, Go with the gut, so to speak. 
Yeah, I think the Bengals D, uh, just go back on that, will be pretty popular. They're only 4,600. Uh, my only concern there is the Bears are just so conservative. They don't make a lot of mistakes because they just don't do anything. So it's, uh, you know, but if the Bengals get ahead in that game, and Trubisky has to throw a little bit, uh, I think the Bengals can be pretty highly owned. I'm probably going to be a, a fader on them this week just because I just, I hate going against the Bears offense because they just don't do anything. They don't take any risks. Yeah, and for me, there are just some other defenses in that range that I prefer. The Packers uh, headed to Cleveland. Uh, Green Bay favored by three over under low in this game of only 40 and a half. Uh, starting on the Green Bay side, obviously, I uh, look at the running back. Jamal Williams had a really nice game last week at only 5,800. He was a, he was a chalk guy, a cheap chalk guy that really came through for a lot of people. Had 113 yards and a touchdown. Uh, really outsnapped Aaron Jones. He had 44 offensive snaps to Aaron Jones. Only had two, although Jones did have the uh, had the late touchdown. Uh, what what say you about Jamal Williams up at 6,600 this week? Uh, you going back to him? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. Um, I enjoyed him last week, but you know that's now two top five, top five overall um, running back performances in a row for him. Wow. Um, and I think you'll see a lot of people unafraid to go back to the well, uh, even though it is the Browns and the fact that they rank number one in DVOA run defense. Uh, to me, really, is just that um, con- the concern with Aaron Jones being back. I think you know the situation there is just really up in the air. I mean, you've got you know M- Montgomery who's now out for who we thought for a while was their best back. And then it looked like Aaron Jones was the guy. Um, I think that really nice long touchdown, um, you know, sort of scares me uh, in terms of this week and, and perhaps Aaron Jones mixing in perhaps a third of the carries or, or something even more. Um, I know the team is behind Williams. They want to sort of roll with him as he's been doing well. And uh, obviously I think a big reason why Aaron Jones was uh, only in on a couple snaps is, Hey, it was his first game back from an injury. So I sort of want to take it easy with him. Uh, but I do think he's going to get mixed in this week. And for that reason, and the fact that Cleveland does do well against the run, I'm probably going to be lighter than the field. So we talked about uh, Jamal Williams doing well as the chalk. Uh, another guy on the Packers who did poorly as the chalk last week was Devontae Adams. Uh, a lot of people liked him going against the uh, going against the Tampa Bay defense. Uh, he was only four catches, 42 yards, only six targets. Had zero catches in the second half, too. He just kind of disappeared. Still, he has been mm. seeing a lot of targets with Brett Hundley. Brett Hundley's playing quarterback again today. Um, Cleveland D's been good against the pass. They allowed their first 100-yard uh, receiver since week three last week uh, to Keenan Allen. Uh, what about Devontae Adams? They moved up to 6,900 this week, so his price is actually up. Uh, you going back to him again for uh, for the, the la- last week's bum? No, I mean, you know what? There are just too many other receivers that I prefer. Um, I don't necessarily love the spot. I mean, I do know that the Browns do rank uh, 30th in DVOA against number one receivers. Uh, but at the same time, Jason McCourty, if he's going to be the one guarding Adams, he's a top 20 percentile defender, really, um, you know, back in that in that secondary. He's, he's, he's a pretty tough matchup. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously Adams fell short last week in that prime matchup with the Bucks um, under 10 fantasy points for the first time in a month. Um, I'm probably going to be off of him. And uh, I think it goes without saying, at least for me. Uh, unless I'm building 100 lineups, I'm not going to have any Cobb or Jordy. I, I simply can't trust those guys. And that's now eight straight games um, under 10 FanDuel points for Jordy Nelson. I mean, talk about a first-round season-long bust. Yeah, he's uh, really, really struggling without Aaron Rodgers in there, and that's uh, it's been really disappointing. I mean, even in season-long leagues, he's, he's, he's got to be a bench right now. He just does nothing. Uh, yeah. What about the uh, Packers defense? They woke up big time last week. They had seven sacks against the Buccaneers and a TD on a Jameis Winston uh, sack fumble play. That gives them 16 sacks last four weeks, and uh, nice symmetry. The Browns have actually allowed 16 sacks the last four weeks. Uh, Deshaun Kaiser obviously very prone to mistakes. Uh, the Packers are 5,000 this week, one of my favorite defensive plays. 
Nice. Um, the the way you said favorite uh, kind of entices me a little bit. You're don't, very uh, uh, after, after Drew Brees commit. last week. Don't let me entice you with anything. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I haven't come around to them fully. Um, yes, they've been extremely sack happy and look good. And and of course, Sean Kaiser. Is, you know, no quarterback in football has allowed more or has thrown more interceptions than his fifteen. Um, and the price is nice. And I think the fact that you've got the Jaguars facing Seattle in a, in a sort of a you know weird uh, matchup there that you know maybe takes a little bit of the luster off uh, Jacksonville as a sort of lock button type of play, I do think you can get Green Bay into the uh, into the discussion. Um, you know, but essentially I'm just looking for a spot where um, you know I'm not going to get a zero, and I think you know because of the, the sack potential, um, I, I think we have a chance to uh, to at least get a few points and not get killed. So uh, we talked about Chalk earlier. What about uh, the guy who might be the highest-owned player on the slate uh, for the Browns, Josh Gordon, 6,700. He played his first game in uh, like a 1,000 days last uh, last week. He was fed big time, though, 11 targets. Only had four catches for 85 yards, though. Could have been a huge game. I watched a bunch of that game just to kind of watch Gordon and see how he looked. And I thought he looked good, but Deshaun Kaiser missed him multiple times when he was open. He had one player. He was already a yard past a guy and breaking open. He underthrew him. It was a... It was a 60-yard touchdown, slam dunk with any average quarterback, and Kaiser totally blew it. Um, what uh, what do you do with Gordon this week? 6,700 going against the Packers, good matchup. They've been giving up big games all year. They did shut down Mike Evans last week, but they're allowing 30.1 Fandle points per week to wide receivers, the fourth highest in all the NFL. Uh, Gordon's going to be a high percentage, a super high percentage this week. Uh, where are you going with this one? Yeah, oh, he's going – I mean, it's essentially Josh Gordon – chalk week i mean without a doubt um you know obviously this is a very nice matchup for him like you already mentioned uh this deflated packers secondary um it's really going to be hard for most people to not gravitate towards gordon and i'm fine eating that chalk and you know especially so in cash games though honestly would be careful sort of going lock button on him in uh in tournaments um and having that full exposure because you know you just know the way things sort of go sometimes in this league when everybody's in on a player and so um you know but it's just hard not to uh give him high consideration and, and get him in a bunch of lineups um uh, the one big boost of course uh, even more so for gordon is the fact that the packers best corner kevin king actually hit the ir this week and so um you know he, he, it, it's just going to be sort of easier an easier matchup for him and uh, especially at the price going to be a tough fade yeah, I just wish he didn't look so darn good last week. You know, he looked like the old Josh Gordon. He he pulled away on a couple. He had a, a couple of straight arms that looked really good. And 11 targets, uh, it's hard to get past that number. I think I'm going to have him in a bunch of spots. But uh, as I looked at receivers, a lot of guys I like in that range. So it's going to be an interesting uh, decision uh, whether, to, whether to go with him or kind of fade him a little bit. What about Deshaun Kaiser, 6,400, going against this Green Bay defense? Any interest there at all? No, but I, but I think I maybe sh- probably should have some some interest. I, I do think it makes sense. Uh, you know, if I'm building three teams, I don't think I'm going to go in that direction. There are just too many other games that I like uh, with multiple entries. I probably would uh, want to ask you, what do you do? I know you're a huge Corey Coleman fan. Obviously, Josh Gordon sort of in the mix there. You'd be able to get Coleman at a fraction of the ownership. Um, he did sort of put off that goose egg, uh, put up the goose egg last week against the Chargers. Do you like him at all for a whole thousand cheaper as a pivot? That was super disappointing. Only four targets and no catches. Um, I do like him as a, a little bit of a sneaky play, strictly a GPP guy. I think that uh, with all the Josh Gordon hype this week, you got to think that the Packers have heard that too. They're going to do what they can to roll some coverage over to him, roll a safety over to him with 11 targets last week. Uh, I think Coleman's sneaky. He's he's very risky. You know, has a some upside but a lot of downside. Uh, I think that he's a GPP type guy. 5700. Uh, probably have a couple shares of him, but. Uh, 
I don't know. I'm a little bit worried about how much Gordon was fed last week. All right. That's about it for me on this one. You want to go to the uh, to the big boy here? Yeah, this is an interesting game. We've got uh, the Raiders at uh, headed to Arrowhead to face the Chiefs. This was a, one of the better games of the season uh, earlier this year. The Raiders won 31-30 on a Thursday night. Uh, Kansas City fared by four points this week, uh, over under a 47, one of the higher games on the slate. Um, let's start with the Raiders side. Uh, I had uh, as much as I liked this game offensively, I was having a little bit of trouble figuring out who to play on the Raiders. Uh, Marshawn Lynch, sixty four hundred, hadn't topped one hundred yards all year, uh, total yards all year. Had one hundred and ten, one hundred twenty the last two games. Uh, do you think that uh, you think the beast is here, or what? Uh, what do you th- what do you do with beast mode this week? You know, I mean, the price is still fantastic, and yep. it just sort of appears like he's sort of saved his best for the home stretch and. He looks really damn well rested, looks very comfortable out there on the field. Um, obviously had the nice matchup last week against the Giants. Uh, but, you know, averaging 19 FanDuel points over his last two games, sort of broke off a big run early, which really helped his week uh, and ran well against the Broncos, which is, uh, you know, always shocking but nice. Um, and now he's facing the, the league's 30th ranked rush defense, uh, DBOA-wise. And so, um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely something to like here, uh, definitely in the conversation for cash as well. Uh, the only concern here is if you think that Kansas City runs away with the game. Um, what about on the on with the receivers? I mean, you've got uh, Cooper Amare, who's probably going to be out of the game. Uh, Michael Crabtree is back and might be a sort of a fine cash game play. I mean, at a decent tag, he's at 7,100, perhaps a little bit extra motivated having to sit last week's game out because of the suspension. And now you've got Marcus Peters, who was suspended on Wednesday. Uh, by the team will not be playing, and so perhaps that might give it a little extra boost to crap. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'll, let me. I'll hit Lynch first. Uh, I'm a little worried actually about Lynch. Um, you know, he had the 51 yard touchdown last week, but it was six for 50 otherwise. And I know the Chiefs have you know kind of struggled against uh, some running backs, but if you look a little closer, there's only two running backs who have individually topped 75 yards against them all year, and it's Ezekiel Elliott, Le'Veon Bell, like two of the three best uh, running backs in the whole league. So. They've had some games where they've given up, you know, yards to multiple guys, but uh, nobody's really smoked them. Actually, it's over 80 yards. Sorry, Melvin Gordon had 79 yards against him. But uh, those are the only two really big games against them. I'm a little worried that, uh, you know, Lynch's game last week maybe looked a little better than it was. He had that one 51-yard run where he kind of busted through and there was nobody in the secondary. So uh, I'm probably fading Lynch this week. Only 6,400 might, uh, might, uh, might come back to haunt me, but I think I'm staying away there. Uh, our, our regards to Crabtree, I really like him this week. Uh, I think he's a nice floor guy. 7,100, like you said, no Marcus Peters. Casey obviously got thrashed last week by Jermaine Curse and Robbie Anderson. Uh, I think Crabtree is one of the better cash plays in the game, and he's priced at a point 7,100 where he won't be kind of an automatic play. You know, a lot of people take Josh Gordon in that same range. Uh, if Amari Cooper's out, she'll get a ton of targets. You got, you got to like the, you got to like the targets. Yeah, uh, I, I'm definitely big on Crabs. Uh, if, if I'm going one way or the other with the Raiders. Uh, and and getting a a Raider on my team, or if I'm basically uh, looking to sort of stack this game up, uh, you know, Crabtree would be really nice with, uh, with the Kansas city passing offense on the other end. Yeah. I was kind of thinking the same thing too. So what about that? I mean, Alex Smith is priced up to 8,200. He had looked horrible for a while and just obviously was fantastic last week, 366 yards, four touchdowns and a 70 yard run, which kind of, he snuck in there on on a pretty sneaky play call by Andy Reid that worked out well. Um, the Raiders shut down uh, Geno Smith and Trevor Simeon last two weeks, but I don't think you can really care about that. Uh, Tom Brady smoked them two, uh, two weeks before that. Jay Cutler had 311 and three touchdowns before that. Um, Alex Smith, the first game against them, 342, three touchdowns. This all looks pretty good for Alex. I'm thinking everyone's going to be all over the Chiefs pass game this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm afraid so. That, yeah, the, the huge explosion. Uh, it's just basically the way that people roll, sort of you know, chasing last week's box scores. Um, but it'll be really hard to pass up with this Oakland secondary just completely disheveled. 
Um, so you're probably going to see a lot of lineups of people doing the same thing that worked last week and, <laughs> you know, loading up Tyreek Hill and, and Travis Kelsey. And, you know, Tyreek is just obviously he's a beast. He's a freak. I mean, averaging something like 16 fantasy points in, in three career games against the Raiders. Um, probably going to have a lot of people sort of locking in Josh Gordon and Tyreek Hill together, um, even in cash. Uh, sounds like it's going to be a really popular combo. Uh, but I think we're going to have to find other you know ways to sort of take a little bit of a contrarian approach in GPPs just to differentiate because, I mean, these matchups are just way too good for something not to go wrong. Yeah, and they did boost him way up. He's up to 7,800, so that helps a little bit if you want to uh, go somewhere else. There's a lot of receivers in that range I do like and I think uh, I, that I could go away from Hill. But the problem with him is, you know, he's a boomer bust guy. He obviously makes those big plays, but 20 targets the last two weeks. If he's going to be he's gonna be getting that many targets, there's just so many chances for him to make a play. It's hard for him not to get loose on one of those plays. The Raiders have allowed eight touchdowns to wide receivers the last six weeks, so it's a good matchup. Uh, what about uh, Travis Kelsey on that side? You know, obviously had the huge first five minutes last week. Two touchdowns in the first five minutes, only had one catch after that. Had eight targets, though, really good sign. He scored against them the first game, but only had uh, 33 yards. Uh, what about Kelsey this week? Uh, one of your favorite tight ends? I mean, I think he is for everybody almost every week. It's yeah. just a matter of if you can afford to play him. And uh, the percentage is his ownership is going to be up there, too, especially if Zach Ertz doesn't play. And uh, and Rob Gronkowski obviously suspended and not on the Sunday slate. Uh, people are just going to like that comfort with Kelsey, uh, not to mention the, the solid home splits. Uh, sort of the contrarian in me is probably going to be a little bit lighter on the f- than the field on him. Um, and sort of the way I, I'm looking to build and construct my lineups this week, uh, I think there's some other spots I'm going to spend up on. And uh, there are a couple of cheaper tight end options that I'm willing to, to use um, instead this week. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to those options, but there's a couple of uh, minimum price guys that are very interesting at tight end. Uh, so what about Kareem Hunt? We talked about him last week. I said that I was finally done with him. You said you were going back for one more. Another bad game, nine carries for 40 yards against the Jets. He's not scored nine straight games. The yardage is going down almost every week. Uh, but down to 7,200, playing the Raiders. Uh, what do you do with Kareem Hunt? I think I'm just avoiding him until he does something. Yeah, I mean, I'm almost speechless at this point. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know... Y- I mean, this is crazy. You know, everyone's going to stack this game up, watch it end up being like a 17 to 14 snooze fest. Like, you know, Kareem Hunt puts up like 200 yards. I mean, that's just the way this stuff works sometimes. Um, and it sometimes just doesn't make sense. Um, and there are going to be a lot of people that are just simply not going to roster him. There are just way too many other trustworthy options. And especially on FanDuel where you only can you can only lock in two running back spots. Right. There are just so many good options where um, Kareem Hunt just doesn't work for me this week. Yeah, that 7,200 is going to be appealing. I'm afraid that Sunday morning I'm going to look at that and, uh, and get sucked in. I'm going to try not to, but 7,200 is really cheap for a guy who had, what, six touchdowns the first three weeks of the season? Yeah, beast. Uh, so that's obviously a game we, we like a lot, and picking the right guys in that game is going to be really important. Uh, moving on to the next game, we have an NFC East battle. The Cowboys headed to the Meadowlands uh, to face the Giants. Uh, Dallas fared by 4.5 on the road, over-under of only 41.5. Tells you what everybody thinks about the Giants' offense. Uh, Dallas dead last in yards per play the last four games, averaging 4.11 mm-hmm. yards per play the last four games. It's been really tough over there, but facing the Giants, uh, are you going to jump in on any Cowboys this week? Yeah, I actually like this game. Uh, I think it, it is a potential 
tournament stackable game featuring right. two teams that have just been struggling defensively and and they have a lot of injuries on the defensive side on you know both sides of the the defense um you know Dak and Dez are likely to ease I mean not even likely easily will come in under 10 percent so many people's lineups are going to be focused on KC's offense they're going to want to get a piece of the uh, Philly Rams game um, but I'm, I'm interested here I mean I am concerned a little bit with Dak's hand um, I don't think it is as bad as probably what Stafford is dealing with uh, again, I'm not a doctor. I just play one on podcasts. Um, but it could finally be that game where, where Dez tops 100 yards. I mean, am I just wishful thinking here? No yep. Janoris Jenkins. Um, I, I don't know. There's something that I like about it here. Yeah, Dez is a tough one for me because, uh, you know, obviously you're his biggest fan, but I might be his second biggest fan. I've been, I, I'm someone that's been drafting him for years. But he scored last week, but it was still only 61 yards. He still only has one game over 75 yards all season. Like you said, Janoris Jenkins is out. He's going to get a lot of uh, your boy Eli Apple, which is good. The Giants have given up the seventh most receiving yards in the NFL to wide receivers. But, you know, it's tough with Dak. He's under 200 yards passing for four straight weeks. It's just hard to find the upset. Definitely not playing him at 7,700. Uh, I might think about Dez at 7,200. Like you said, he's going to be low percent. There's so many receivers in that range that people are going to like a lot more. We've already talked about Josh Gordon and Tyreek Hill, you know, in that uh, kind of same uh, same uh, range a little bit. Tyreek's a little more expensive. Josh Gordon a little less expensive. Uh, but what about the running game? What about Alfred Morris? Huge game last week, last Thursday night against the Redskins. Uh, 27 carries, 127 yards in a touchdown. He played 36 snaps. He was clearly the lead back over Rod Smith in that game. I just wonder if Dallas might start to lean on him and the offensive line a little bit with with how much his Dak has struggled. Yeah, I like it a lot, actually. Um, you're going to see him pop up sort of later on uh, when we close things up. But uh, I'm a big Alfred Morris fan this week. Uh, you know, the price is nice. 27 carries last week. Uh, you know, with protecting Dak's hand a little bit, perhaps might be a smart move and just sort of loading up with Alfred Morris. So uh, I'm absolutely, absolutely interested. I uh, did want to ask you about uh, the old man, dad runner, tight end, Jason Witten, because he might be an easy set and forget chalk type of uh, pick for a lot of people. I mean, every week it's people targeting tight ends against the Giants, against yep. the Browns, and it's been working splendidly for the most part. I mean, the thing with Witten, he's really only had one DFS worthy game since week two. Yeah. Uh, but it's a great matchup. And I mean, I don't know. There's just something you can almost envision him getting in the end zone once. Any interest? Yeah, I mean, a little bit just because it's the Giants and he, uh, you know, he had 60 yards and a touchdown against them the first time. But I just think there's there's other tight ends I like more. He's 50, 5,800 this week. There's other guys in that range I like more. There's other guys that are much cheaper I like more. And there's guys that are expensive I like more. So I just, I think he's going to get lost in the shuffle for me. Uh, I might regret it. But the way the offense is going, the way Dak's playing right now, the way the passing game is going, I think they're going to run the ball a lot more. And I just, I, I could see him scoring, but I don't, cause I don't see him getting enough yards to really go off in a, in a, a tournament kind of setting. Yeah, fair enough. But I definitely think there's some interesting pieces. What about on the Giants side? I mean, I'm not underestimating the Giants in this one. And again, I'm, I'm I'm totally interested in the game stack here. I know Eli's been horrible. Obviously, after last week's fiasco, I think he's in a position where he's literally playing for his career. And I, I, I don't know. I just have this feeling that he, he, he steps up the challenge a little bit. Uh, I do think it's sort of a, a nice little setup against their division rivals. Uh, Sean Lee does look like he's going to be back, um, which is going to make things tough for Darkwa in the running game. But uh, but, I, but I think Eli could pop off a little bit. And as long as Sterling Shepard's hamstring is in good shape and he's okay and he, he's got him as a weapon, um, might see an interesting game here. It's interesting because uh, my sneaky play on the other side is I kind of like the Dallas defense. Uh, 4,400, get to face Eli uh, a week off. I just don't know what we're going to see from Eli. Um, 
Sterling Shepard, I like all right, 6,400. You know, he returned uh, to go 356, but who knows? That was a Geno Smith game. He did have a 47-yard catch in the fourth that kind of saved his day. But Evan Ingram was the guy that uh, that really looked good last week. I watched uh, some of that game just to kind of see what Geno Smith was going to do. And Evan Ingram kind of looked good in space. He looked athletic. Yeah, he had seven catches for 99 yards and a touchdown. But do we do we think that was a Geno Smith thing that he kind of focused on him? Or do you think Eli goes back to him? Uh, I'm having a, a, a difficult time figuring out what to do with Ingram with Eli back at the saddle. I mean, he Ingram does come in as the fourth priciest tight end. Uh, you know, if Ertz ends up not playing, coming off that solid line with with Geno, but Ingram and Eli, they I mean they've really been obviously they had a good connection earlier in the year, but over the last month, Ingram hadn't topped thirty five yards. Uh, you know, basically since week nine, and so um, I do believe he's a consideration. I do like him. He is one of my favorite plays this week, and that's simply because I think Eli gets his mojo flowing a little bit. Uh, the other thing with the secondary, uh, you know, Dallas's corners are really just you know gone by this point and uh, additionally you've got their slot corner orlando skandrick is probably the guy that would typically be you know dealing with sterling shepherd there he's dealing with a back injury and he's likely to miss the game so just sort of pieces falling into play for me that uh makes me sort of interested in this game and, and even in the giants offense yeah, and that's that's really good. I like that because you know it's. I think it's finding this type of game that you think is gonna you know be a little better than everybody thinks that can be really valuable. I mean, the Cowboys have allowed multiple touchdowns to wide receivers in three straight games. I mean, that's that's really bad. They've allowed the third most Fanduel points to wide receivers on the season. So uh, yeah, I can see it. Uh, Sterling Shepard sixty four hundred is probably my favorite play uh, overall in this game. Maybe with a little bit of Alfred Morris too. All right, the next one. Uh, do you want to line us up here for a game with no line? I'm going to actually uh, do a quick read from our sponsor, FanDuel.com. First, uh, fantasy football fans, FanDuel is back, which means football is back. It's been back. We're in week 14. Uh, obviously, a fun time to play FanDuel. You know, season-long leagues are ending. If you haven't made your playoffs, it's a perfect time to jump in. FanDuel is fantasy football for everyday fans. New contests starting every week with no busted seasons. There's something for everybody. Lots of contests to choose from starting at just $1, going all the way up to, you know, there's contests that are $1,000. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and watch your score in real time. Over 2.5 million players have won a cash prize playing on FanDuel. To take advantage of our special offer for new users, sign up today at FanDuel.com RW. You'll get a free six-month RotoWire subscription, plus a free entry into the NFL Sunday Million, which offers more than $1 million in cash prizes, all with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com RW, void where prohibited. Uh, now we will move to that game with no line. Uh, like you said earlier, Matthew Stafford had the injured hand. His status is up in the air. They, uh, The Lions are headed to Tampa Bay to face the Buccaneers. Uh, usually I love offenses going against Tampa Bay, but I'm a little bit worried with Stafford here. Kind of have to check his status later in the week. He's 8,000 this week. Great matchup if he plays, though. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a very bothersome hand injury for him. I know he was uh, not throwing in practice on Wednesday, was handing it off with his uh, with his left hand. Um, so, you know, the matchup is obviously a pretty one. You want a healthy Stafford for this one because we love attacking that Bucks uh, secondary. Um, but, you know, it, it's just really one of those things where we have to see how things line up over the course of the week. Uh, and it's a real shame because I was really feeling a big Kenny Galladay week. I was ready to go back uh, back to that well. Um, so I don't know. I, I think for the most part, probably, you know, there are some nice plays here. Golden Tate would be in a good position if Stafford could throw the ball. Uh, but I think I'm probably going to reserve my analysis until I know a little bit more about Stafford and his availability. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat there. And, uh, you know, I think everybody, if he does play, will be on Marvin Jones at 7,000, over 85 yards in six of his last seven games, which kind of makes me lean a little bit towards Golden Tate. Uh, I like him at 6,800, almost the same price, a little bit cheaper. But 
He only has three touchdowns in the year, but 18 targets the last two weeks. He's still really active. He had eight catches last week, only 69 yards, but uh, really active, really involved. I just wonder if he might be a, a nice move away from Marvin Jones this week at a lower percentage. Yeah, it could work. Um, uh, on the Buck side of the ball, I mean, you know, Winston looked pretty sharp in his first game back in, in over a month. I mean, completed, what, 21 of 32 passes, 270 yards, both of his touchdown passes to a, a revived and alive Cameron Brait. Uh and, I actually, and he did, I actually, I actually thought he looked kind of crappy, to be honest. Really? Yeah. I mean, he did. Well, he fumbled two times, which is, you know, that's just that's so Winston, you know. So, I mean, this matchup, of course, isn't an easy one for him. And, you know, Evans with Quandre Diggs on him is honestly, I think, is a tough play. I don't think Diggs, you know, necessarily shadows Evans, so, but he'll probably have a chance to make some plays against him. But, um, you know, just in general, not not too interested in, in, in this game, especially if Safford doesn't play. Uh, but what do you do with a guy like, you know, Mike Evans, who obviously disappointed us last week, is going to get some of that Diggs treatment? Is that someone you, you want to deal with? Or Slay. I'm sorry. I keep calling Diggs Slay. Yeah, Diggs has actually stepped up a little, too. He'll be dealing with Darius Slay. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough because, you uh, you know, he was so bad last week against the Packers. He had, a, he had a bad drop early. He was just out of bounds on a long pass on the side. They did catch. He he, he kind of dove, and the, and the, and the defender kind of knocked him out of bounds. Ended up with only, you know, two catches for 33 yards. He had been over 60 yards and five or six before that. The other game he got ejected, so you can't really hold that against him, at least from fantasy stat-wise. Mm-hmm. I just wonder, you know, he's down to 7,300, kind of a last week's bum. But like you said, a lot of Darius Slay going to be going on there. But Mike Wallace got them for 116 yards last week. Adam Thielen, 89 yards the week before that. Um, but Wallace was the first wide receiver not named Juju Smith to get over 100 yards in them all year. So they have been good, but... I don't know. He's going to be super low percentage this week. There's so many guys in the range everybody likes more. Uh, I think I'm going to be tempted again, but uh, I'm uh, I'm a little hesitant on it based on uh, how he looked last week, especially dropping the ball. Yeah, you know, it just made me think we should probably build, um, you know, during this podcast, an all-do team. <laughs> and well, let's start with Des Bryant and Mike Evans, who have yet to top 100 yards at all this season. Uh, it, I mean, there's got to be another receiver, a good one that hasn't topped 100. I forgot the list, but there's a few. But uh, but yeah, let, let's build one of these teams and plug it in. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm sure there is. Uh, you know, I was looking at Golden Tate. He actually had a couple hundred yard games. I was I wasn't sure he'd been over. But um, what about another cheap running back here with Peyton Barber? Um, I know that uh, Doug Martin practiced fully on Wednesday, but Peyton Barber looked good last week. He played 68 percent of the snaps. He was 23 carries for 102 yards. Also had four catches. I mean, he looked better than Doug Martin's looked at any point during the season. Um, Detroit defense gave up uh, 75 yards, two touchdowns to Alex Collins last week. 84 yards and a touch to Latavius Murray the week before that. Jordan Howard smoked them a, a couple weeks ago. Uh, I just wonder if uh, if Peyton Barber could get uh, the full-time job and they don't go back to Doug Martin. He's super cheap. Detroit's allowing the fourth-most Fandle points on the season to running backs. Uh, just Doug Martin being there bugs me, though. I wish he was out and we could play Peyton Barber. Yeah, I mean, I legitimately think it's time for Doug Martin to take take a, a chance and see if he uh, how he does in the broadcast booth. Uh, I agree. Man, he, should he, go, he should go join he, Tony Romo and Jay Cutler, which is yeah, where, I mean, Cutler, which is where Cutler should be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I mean, he's seriously one of the worst running backs in football right now, and you know, hopefully, Coach Cotter is smart enough to give Peyton Barber the start if he you know has any semblance of common sense. He'll let him get the big workload. Um, you know, just looked really good last week. You know, topped 100 rushing yards. Caught all four of his targets for 41 yards. Just a guy that's never really give, been given a chance. Uh, and I'd like to see more of Peyton Barber. And uh, not opposed to playing him this week at the price. Yeah, I just worry that they, you know, have some sort of loyalty to Doug Martin. I mean, he's just been so bad yards per carry wise. 
but it worries me a little bit, even if Barber starts, that they, you know, a couple couple bad runs or, you know, he has a bad first quarter, they may just go back to Martin. I just, I'm a little bit worried about Doug Martin kind of lurking in the shadows. All right. Yeah, that's about that's about it for me on this game. I think in in general, um, really want to see if Stafford is going to play and uh, see what the line comes out to and to see if it's going to be, you know, make make some assumptions on whether it'll be a competitive game or not. Any rejuvenated Cameron Braid at 5,400? I don't know. (laughs) Lions are decent against the tight end. Uh, I I am a little interested in in a sneaky uh, Eric Ebron. I did a bit on him in a season long league where. Mike, uh, I'm sorry, Zach Ertz is probably not going to play, and so I'm opting for Ebron over um, over Trey Burton um, on, on a gut feel there. All right, interesting. Yeah, I mean, Jameis just kind of locks in on Bright. He had two touchdowns last week, obviously, and then he had another couple thrown to him in the end zone. It seems like when they get inside the 30 or so, Jameis really kind of locks into him on that seam pass down the middle. And, and uh, mm-hmm. it, But uh, there's other tight ends I think I like more, but – Moving on to the next game, we have the Vikings at the Panthers. Really interesting, fun game. Low over under at 41, but two good teams, two good defenses. Obviously, Minnesota has been a a huge revelation this year. They are a a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road going into Carolina. Uh, Your boy, Case Keenum, I know you're a big fan. Multiple touchdowns in four or five games. He had over 280 yards in four straight weeks before last week. He only had 227 last week, but was 25 for 30. They just didn't really hit any big plays against the Falcons. Uh, interesting matchup. You know, the, Packer, the Panthers are, are big on, on sacking the quarterback. They have 35 sacks. The Vikings have only allowed 14 sacks in the year, so I think that, uh, you know, who bends and who breaks there uh, might determine how this game goes. Yeah, and we've got a low over under here at 41. Uh, you know, Vikings implied totals at 22. Panthers at 19, much lower for both of them uh, than, than it is in most of their matchups. But I do think we have to keep an open mind in, in this game. Uh, I think there have been plenty situations, uh, like when the Vikings faced the Redskins a few weeks back, where you know you're expecting sort of a lower scoring defensive game uh, that ends up turning into a shootout, uh, especially when you do have uh, you know such complete team, uh, such a complete offense like Minnesota has with all those weapons. At that point, it's just a matter of if you believe that the Panthers uh, have the capability to sort of keep up with them. Yeah, I was going to say, I wish I had a little more faith in Cam Newton to keep up in this game. It might, might be kind of a sneaky shootout for me, but I just, uh, I don't know. Cam has under 200 yards passing in four of his last five weeks. I'm, just, I'm not sure I can trust him on the other side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, on the Minnesota side, for me, it's uh, it's Adam Thielen coming off a very pedestrian game uh, last week and uh, a nice little matchup uh, against sort of a middle-of-the-packs uh, slot receiver, uh, uh, slot corner in, in Captain Munnerlyn. Uh, you know, Diggs, I really want to keep going back to this Diggs well, man. I think he's so much better than he is, than, than, you know, the targets he's been seeing. Uh, and I mean, we saw what Michael Thomas did last week against Bradbury and Worley, uh, the two sophomore uh, cornerbacks there. So I don't think we can count out Diggs altogether at a low ownership. Um, you know, I, I need to allow myself to potentially be pulled back in here. Yeah, I mean, and you mentioned Michael Thomas, 70 yards and a touchdown, but, you know, the week before that, Robbie Anderson, a buck 46 and two touchdowns, and Jermaine Curse, 105 and a touchdown. So Carolina's, uh, you know, while they've been solid most of the year, they've been, they've been lit up a little bit uh, a little bit recently. Yeah, and I think i um, not too interested in the Vikings run game. I mean, this is this is one of the league's best, best uh, you know, run-stopping groups. I know both, you know, you and I like McKinnon last week, and, you know, that was a good situation for him, homecoming game and all. Uh, the fact that the Falcons give up a ton of receptions to running backs, but, re- you know, rarely do I attack Carolina's run defense. Yeah, and the, and the way he and Latavius split the, split the work, it's just really hard to, it's really hard to time which one of them's going to go off in a certain week. It's just a matter of who gets the touchdown. 
yeah, meh. That's the best way to explain it. What about uh, what about Carolina? We touched on Cam Newton a little bit. Uh, you know, I think overpriced this week at seventy seven hundred. Just hasn't been getting the passing yards. He has to do so much running the ball to be worth it that it's it's tough for me to play, especially against the Vikings. They held Matt Ryan to one hundred seventy three yards last week, and that was in the dome. So you know, really good game by them. Uh, what about Devin Funches? You know, just kind of keeps balling. Four for sixty on uh, seven targets last week. He was he was really bad all game, and he had no catches late in the third quarter, and then made up for it in garbage time as they were getting uh, they were getting smoked by the Saints. But he's averaging over eighty yards the last four weeks. He has three touchdowns. Uh, do you do you go back to him at seven one hundred, or are you just kind of avoiding him because of Xavier Rhodes? Yeah, for for me, Rhodes is a tough matchup. We saw what uh, you know him handling Julio uh, last week. Yep. Um, I I think I'm probably going to be off the Panthers altogether. Um, you know, everyone's everyone and their mothers is, is quoting this week about how, uh, how Cam has been running the ball a lot, how effective he's been, and how even more so effective Minnesota has been in in uh, keeping quarterbacks from being that mobile. And so, you know, I mean, if you're looking for a super Kachurian play, I don't think Newton's going to be very high percentage at all. And uh, maybe he does run for 100 yards. I mean, who the heck knows in this league? But, you know, honestly, if, if I'm playing Cam Newton, I think with Olsen back and you've got McCaffrey there and Funchess, like I could consider playing New- Newton, you know, just by himself. Um, but even then, I could probably think of just five already, five QBs off the top of my head I'd rather build lineups around. Yeah, any interest in Christian McCaffrey at 6,800? I just, you know, he's had his 18 targets the last weeks, but he gets so few carries, he kind of has to score for it to work. And it can work, but I think I like him more on a, on a full PPR site rather than on FanDuel. Yeah, I, I played him on on uh, the other, uh, basically on the comeback with my uh, my Breeze Thomas uh, Kamara teams last week, and so uh, got lucky. I feel like uh, him getting the touchdown, but like you said, he really sort of needs uh, to get in get in there, um, get in the in the end zone to really make it worth it. And the Vikings just aren't a great matchup. So for the uh, for the first time all year, I'm actually excited about watching a 49ers game. Uh, I loved watching Jimmy Garoppolo play quarterback last week. Uh, 49ers head to Houston. They are uh, Houston's three point favorite. Over under 43 in this game. But, you know, Garoppolo looked really good last week. He was 26 of 37, 293 yards. I know he didn't throw any touchdowns. They didn't get in the end zone. Struggled in the red zone. But he looked like a quarterback. He threw the ball on target. He was hitting Marquise Goodwin and Trent Taylor. Kind of in stride, which hasn't happened in a couple years in San Francisco. Um, I thought he looked great. The price is up to 7,000. Uh, Houston's allowed the second most uh, Fanduel points to quarterback this season at 19.9 points per game. They've allowed 23 touchdowns to quarterbacks, uh, passing tied for the third worst in the NFL so far this year. Uh, are you jumping on Jimmy G at all at seven thousand? Yeah, I like him. I like right. Jimmy. Wow. Uh, yeah, played played a little of him last week on uh, other sites. Um, like you mentioned, looked very sharp. Matchup with the Texans secondary is, um, I mean, basically the type of stuff that GPP dreams are made of. Uh, and I loved how connected he was with uh, Marquise Goodwin, who caught all six, eight of his targets. Who uh, remember him early on in the season when we were playing him? He just looked like a basically like the Olympic sprinter that he is right. with bad hands. And now he's actually catching the ball. It's phenomenal. And he's going to line up against uh, Jackson and Joseph in the secondary. I think that's a perfect situation for him. And, uh, you know, funny enough, you know, I don't know if you remember this, uh, a tweet that I had where I basically made this fun team where I put um, two Gordons, two Williams, like Jamal, two Taylors, Trenton Tyrod, two Henrys, put them all in a lineup with the Chargers defense. And honestly, that team, uh, my one reservation was putting Trent Taylor on there. And he went off. And of course, I didn't play that team. Of course, that team would have cashed, not even min cash in GPPs, um, even better than that. And so, even, man, with, uh, even, kinda... with, even with Tyrod getting hurt and leaving? 
the rest of the team, everybody was, everyone scored. Everyone came through. It was insane. (laughs) It was insane. So anyways, yeah, Trent Taylor, man. I mean, he came out of literally nowhere last week, caught all six of his targets for 92 yards and might have the best pure matchup of week 14 uh, facing slot corner Kareem Jackson. And so he's 4,500. What do you do? Do you play him? Go back to him? Uh, I just think that uh, it's going to be hard for him to uh, to repeat that performance last week. If I'm going to go with a Niners receiver, it's going to be Marquise Goodwin just because of the upside. He's still only 5,700. He's still under 6,000. He was 8 Cheap. for 99 last week on eight targets. You know, what I liked was that Garoppolo hit him in stride a lot, which lets you know Goodwin catch the ball and then do something with it. You know, all season he's kind of been slowing up for passes and not, you know, kind of catching it, not being in stride. And I think it's a big deal. You can get someone that fast, you can hit him in stride, they can really kind of make some plays after the catch. Um, you know, he's got always has the big boom possibility. He's got the speed. But if he's going to get a lot of targets too, uh, you're going to really like that under 6,000. Yeah, and uh, I mean, Hyde for me, uh, probably not too interested, even though I usually am and a big fan of his. I just think uh, this, you know, Houston defense is sort of really limits his upside. I prefer him in full PPR sites. Um, so what do you think about Hyde and then um, kind of, get us into what you think about Hopkins and the, and the Texans this week. Yeah, I kind of like Hyde. There's not a lot of mid-range running backs I like this week, but um, I didn't like how he looked last week, and not really from a football standpoint, but he just kind of looked lost. He made, a, he, made, he made a really bad mistake on a false start. He had another play, was second and one. He kind of jumped it outside instead of going up the middle to get the first down. So um, kind of back-to-back plays really hurt them on a drive. Um, you know, it, the problem is that it's a close game. They're not going to be behind uh, as much. He's not going to get all the catches he does. You know, they've been getting blown out. He's got a lot of targets. So, had 17 for 54 last week against a tough run D in Chicago. Houston really struggled last week against the run. Uh, DeMarco Murray and uh, Derrick Henry had 22 for 175 on them. So I like Hyde. I don't love him, but I think if you need someone in that range, I think he'll be fine. Um, for Hopkins, he's my favorite receiver of the week. At eight, at 80, I think he's 8,600 this week. The targets are just so insane. He had 14 more last week. I know Tom Savage is not very good, but he's just throwing the ball hit to him so many times. And kind of when they get any trouble, he just kind of throws it up to him, which is, you know, kind of not great football-wise, but really good fantasy-wise. I don't think the 49ers have anybody to, to really stop him, so I think he's going he's gonna to get a lot of opportunities this week and kind of what you want when you pay up for a receiver. Yeah, and you know, I mean, it's looking now like uh, Will Fuller is going to be back in the game, which uh, you know may hopefully keep uh, you know take a, it, it be, between the price on Hopkins and Fuller coming back. Maybe it takes off a little bit of his ownership. Um, you know, we could imagine that maybe they sort of uh, you know take it easy on Fuller and, and don't give him a full complement of snaps. But hey, last time they brought him into a game, his first game, uh, you know, in, in in early October, he exploded right away. Two touchdowns in his first game, two touchdowns the next. But, uh, yeah, I mean, as far as DeAndre Hopkins goes, obviously, very easy to trust cash game play. Um, you had, uh, had had sort of let me know or, or brought to my attention how he had a streak of at least one score or 80 receiving yards in every game this season. And he kept that streak alive last week. And I just think there's nobody on the Niners that can cover him. Um, so I really like the play this week as well. It is, uh, it is still intact, but it is actually 70 yards. But uh, he does have a score or 70 yards in every game all season long, which is a, an incredible streak for a running a receiver who you know usually has some up-and-down games. But what about uh, the guy at 4,500, tight end Steven Anderson? Big-time breakout last week with 68 snaps. C.J. Fedorovitz had his third concussion. He is done for the year. He had 12 freaking targets last week. He was 5 for 79 and a touchdown. You know, Tom Savage is not efficient, but if you're going to throw the ball to somebody 12 times, i got to like a min price and at tight end. Yeah, uh, twelve targets. That's the the big shocker there. Oh, yeah. And he's he's an he's an interesting type of player, almost like sort of like a, a wide receiver tight end hybrid because he doesn't have the sort of the t- 
you know, prototypical body type for a tight end. And he's, he's pretty fast. Um, you know, definitely he's going to get some snaps. Uh, I think people have forgotten who Ryan Griffin even is and CJ Fedorowicz. So uh, it's really a matter of roster construction. I mean, 4,500 opens up a lot of cap for a lot of many different things. Uh, keep in mind, he is going to be somewhat chalky, uh, probably not going to get the same game you got last time from him. Uh, as a matter of fact, no one got it. You know, no one, no one had Anderson last week. This week, people might be chasing, and so there are some concerns for me. Um, but I like him if you need a punt. Yeah, it's interesting to me, though, because he's 4,500. I think he would have been really chalky, except for the fact if Zach Ertz doesn't play, we have Trey Burton, who we'll talk about later, who's also 4,500. So I wonder if that takes away from the Anderson uh, percentage a little bit. Absolutely. It absolutely can. Um, and, you know, for me, I it, it, for, for what it's worth, in my season-long bids, um, I did not – I. Did like Trey Burton the one time that he did step in for Ertz. I had played him that week and ended up working out. I think he caught four four balls, got into the end zone, paid off on his salary. But I think this week I would probably slightly prefer Steven Anderson to, to him. All right, moving on to the afternoon 1 o'clock games. We have a really interesting game with the uh, Seattle Seahawks headed across country to face the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, two teams that are playing really well right now. Seattle uh, you know, beat Philadelphia, obviously, in that marquee game last week. Jacksonville's been been rolling most of the year, especially on defense. So um, I guess the biggest question of this week is they, they FanDuel priced Russell Wilson down to 7,700. Uh, what do you do with him? You know, kind of one of those things, you know, uh, do you play the, the really hot guy against the bad defense, or what do you do? Uh, uh, Russell Wilson, 7,700, going against Jacksonville. Uh, you playing him this week? He's been a top-10 quarterback seven games in a row. Man, I mean, it, this game is just a true mind-bender to me. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea what to expect. I mean, uh, Russell Wilson is uh, my guy I'm, I'm heading into the playoffs with, um, a big reason why I got there in the first place. And I've been dreading this matchup all season long. I knew it was coming week 14 um, when I really sort of need a big boost. But obviously, you know, this, you know, it's the – arguably the league's best quarterback facing the league's best defense. And, you know, something's going to have to give, um, you know, I've actually seen people talk about benching Wilson in season long um, playoffs, which, you know, I think is absolutely probably bananas, even though the matchup is tough. Uh, but I do want to have some exposure probably to, um, you know, the, the Seahawks offense. They're just pieces that I don't like. It's, it's, it would, you know, Baldwin just doesn't really do it for me. Uh, you know, how do you play guys against people like Bowie uh, you know, Bouye and uh, and Aaron Colvin and, uh, you know, Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, I mean, people, I've heard some people talk about Doug Baldwin. You know, maybe he'll find some room because he might go in the slot. But, you know, everybody thought that about Larry Fitzgerald against the Jags and Jalen Ramsey just kind of moved in the slot and covered him and he had three catches for 12 yards. So um, I think I'm staying away from, from Seattle receivers for sure. I just don't know what I'm going to do with Wilson. I'm a little worried he's going to get sacked a lot. He tends to make a lot of plays, but uh, I think that just other quarterbacks I like more this week. I love Russell Wilson, exactly. But I think I'm just not going to play him this week. Um, what about Jimmy Graham though? Uh, nine touchdowns last seven games, scored in all but one of those games. Uh, he's a, you know tight end. The Jacksonville's not quite as good as the tight ends they are against wide receivers. Uh, what do you do with Jimmy Graham this week at 6,900? Hey, if the ankle's fine, uh, you know that this is the guy that is you know absolutely crushing it in the red zone and. Uh, you know, very little few people that you can feel more comfortable with about getting into the end zone. Uh, I, I think they're just other tight ends in play. And so for me, honestly, if there's anyone that I'm, I'm mostly interested here, it's the, uh, the, the jukey and groovy Mike Davis, man, that, that kid looks amazing. Yeah. And you know, kind of the third guy we talked about, that's a, a cheap running back, uh, played 45 snaps last week, got 16 carries, had four catches, you know, maybe finally Seattle's found a lead back. I just, Jacksonville hasn't allowed even a guy to rush for 80 yards since week six. I just, 
I just don't think it's a spot I want to play him. I think I like Gio Bernard, a couple other cheap guys more. So um, while I liked how Mike Davis looked last week, I think I'm just going to avoid him against Jacksonville. What about on the other side? You got uh, Didi Westbrook uh, did not score last week, but had a nice little performance. And then uh, Marquise Lee, one of the only reasons why my lineups were decent last week. Uh, just just uh, a good feeling about him last week. Ended up putting up 18 FanDuel points. Um, I mean, either way, this isn't a game I plan to go too heavy on. Um, I think it'll be an interesting game to watch. It'll be a fun one to watch. But uh, anyone interest you on the Jack side of the ball? Uh, I like Didi a lot at 5,200. You know, Seattle's allowed the, allowed the seven mo- seventh most yards to wide receivers this this, uh, this year. He had he has 19 targets the last two weeks. It just kind of feels like a big week is coming. They're going to him a lot. I know Lee had the big game last week, but, you know, still no Richard Sherman, no Cam Chancellor. Um, I think I like Didi Westbrook at 5,200 more than Lee at 6,600. Uh, what about Leonard Fournette? Price at 8,300. Crazy stat. No running back has topped 55 yards against the Seahawks since week three. I'm just simply not playing Leonard Fournette I mean he might get a lot of work but for me at that price uh you know as is the most in the 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 part of this game that I that I'd like to sort of um be able to get a piece of is Jacksonville's passing offense and so that would include you know Westbrook maybe Marquise Lee uh you know maybe Bortles um so you know honestly in this game that's the only way I'm looking and so for that reason alone um and and the trouble Fournette's gonna have I'm just not gonna pay up for it how about the crazy, reliable Jacksonville defense? Uh, any chance they might be sneaky this week? Lower percentage than usual going against the Seahawks? Sure. I think they absolutely could be. Um, I, I think on the other on the other, I mean, Jacksonville it just isn't going to be a sneaky defense um, any week. Uh, I think you'll see them among the top four or so ownership-wise. Wow, still against um, the Seahawks, huh? And I didn't think it'd be that high. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Top top four every week, sort of a lock button for a lot of people. Yeah. They could get uh, and, a lot of sacks. Uh, Seattle's offensive line still sucks, but Wilson's so good. But I, I just worry he's going to get sacked a lot. Yeah. All right. Next uh, next game, we have the Jets going to Denver. Uh, the Jets are a one-point favorite. Another low over-under in this game. This is kind of the one of the after. There's a couple afternoon games that have low over-unders as one of them. Uh, Robbie Anderson on the Jets. He finally didn't score, but still 12 targets, eight catches for a buck of seven. He's balling right now. One of the best wide receivers in the league at the moment. Um, Denver used to be a scary matchup for wide receivers, but not kind of, not as much anymore. They still have some good cornerbacks, but and they haven't allowed a hundred yard receiver all, all year. But they have been uh, leaking a little bit. Uh, Kenny Stills is ninety eight in a touchdown last week. Uh, what about Robbie Anderson? He's fully priced at seven thousand seven hundred now. Uh, you going back to the well again? No, not this week. Uh, you know, last week was obviously a nice week to play some Jets players against that uh, Kansas City defense that's just been getting shredded. Uh, I'm essentially off of him. I mean, especially with Denver's D playing at home. I keep to leave his back in the lineup. Uh, probably going to do his best to, to handle, uh, you know, super studly, you know, Robbie here. Um, and it, again, this is also a game projecting to be one of the lowest scoring of the day, just a 41 uh, over under. Um, I write basically cash and GPP plays out for every one of these games when I prep. This is the first time in 14 weeks that I have next to cash and GPP blank no names so that should tell you something what about the jets d 4500 trevor simeon looks horrendous three interceptions last week and a pick six uh the jets have only forced one turnover last week so that was the one thing that uh was maybe a little hesitant on them this week yeah they're okay there's other plays that i'm that i'm more interested here uh you know jets going into denver on the road just uh, not particularly appealing to me 
What about on the Broncos side of the ball? Wasn't a lot of like there. Uh, I think Demarius Thomas is actually interesting at 6,300. He's really struggled with Trevor Simeon, though. 10.2 points per game with Simeon, as opposed to 17.9 when Brock Osweiler was playing. But the Jets were thrashed last week by uh, Alex Smith and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. They've allowed, uh, you know, 74 yards to receiver for seven straight weeks. There's nine guys with 74 more yards in that stretch. He had 10 targets last week. I wonder at 6,300, he might be, uh, he might, everybody might miss him. He might be really sneaky this week off the off the bad game last week. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it was pretty sad to see that box score for, for Broncos. Um, I didn't, didn't get to watch much of the game. But, uh, you know, Sanders and Damaris combined for under 40 yards against this total sad sack Dolphins secondary. Um, and I actually thought Simeon being back under center last week was going to help the passing game a little bit. Uh, he looked but awful. Man, awful. He looked so uh, bad. Yeah, yeah. He joined Doug Martin in the booth, please. <laughs> uh, I mean, Demarius Thomas, uh, Demarius Thomas, under 30 receiving yards per game in, in, in his last two. And Sanders, Emmanuel Sanders, has been held under 20 receiving yards in each of his last three games. I mean, this is just insane. Yeah, I mean, Demarius Thomas getting 27 yards on 10 targets is almost impossible, and 18 yards on eight targets the week before. So uh, I think I think he's sneaky at 6,300, kind of one of my favorite uh, cheaper receiver plays. Uh, moving on to the other game that uh, this afternoon, or the, in the afternoon slate that's a low overrunner before we get to the final two who are both really fun. We have Tennessee headed to Arizona. Tennessee fared by three overrunner of 43. Uh, on the Tennessee side, Derrick Henry, we talked about him last week. You know, we kind of said it's, it's going to come at some point, but – he had 109 yards in the touchdown, but still 11 carries. I just don't think he's splitting carries with DeMarco too much to really play him anywhere. I mean, yeah, he's so explosive. Uh, I do like him. I had him on that all-family team last <laughs> week with all the Henrys and Gordons. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I just, you know, I don't think matchups even really matter for him. It's just a matter of him getting the lion's share of the carries. Um, and we'll see that next year. He'll, he'll, he'll be the lead back next season. It'll be a lot of love. He'll be one of those guys along with Fournette and Gurley that you're paying 8500 a week for. Uh, but for now, we just sort of have to you know, pick our spots. And, and again, against the Cardinals in receiving half the touches, um, you know, just not a spot I'm going to jump on. One of the uh, favorites of the podcast, Delaney Walker, had another game uh, last week. He scored again. He has 60-plus yards now in six straight games. I mean, incredible consistency for a tight end especially. He's kind of the one reliable guy catching the ball in Tennessee. His salary has gone up. He's up to 6,600, but touchdowns in back-to-back weeks. Um, I think he's one of those guys you can kind of just toss in there every week, and he's he's really solid. There are other cheaper tight ends I like more this week, however. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and he did not practice on Wednesday. Uh, it's still that ankle issue he was dealing with, but – that he's been playing on, so I think that's fine. Um, but in general, um, like you say, there are just other pieces here um, that I want to uh, – other tight ends that I'd rather play. And then, you know, with Corey Davis likely tied up with Patrick Peterson, uh, and then with Delaney Walker just a little bit bang up still, and the fact that Zona is decent against tight ends, uh, maybe Rashard Matthews isn't playing in tournaments, uh, especially if he's healthy and he's going to be playing. He could be. I just really don't like watching Marcus Mariota throw the ball right now. It's, it's ugly. It's bad. Uh, Tennessee defense, four more sacks last week. They have 12 sacks the last two weeks. The Cardinals gave up six sacks last week to the Rams. Uh, Tennessee at 4,800, kind of one of my favorite sneakier uh, plays on defense this week. Cool. Uh, I mean, I I trust you because right now, or at least the last couple of weeks, um, you know, I – I always have that one defense that I like, and then I start getting a little tricky. I'm like, oh, I'm feeling Kansas City, you know, by a Saturday or something like that, um, where I should have just left my Baltimore in all the way. Um, I yeah. was actually excited during the game last week because I thought you had Baltimore everywhere and they were going crazy. I, I was actually excited watching that just, <laughs> just for that reason. But um, on the Arizona side, I don't have many guys I like there. The one guy I really like this week is actually Larry Fitzgerald. 
I know he's 7,600, but I think that might help keep his percentage down. As we mentioned, there's a lot of guys in that range that people like. So I wonder if he'll be kind of low percentage this week. He's been a top 10 uh, receiver in PPR three the last four weeks. Uh, over 16 Fandle points through the last four weeks. Just that Jacksonville game where he struggled. Target monster, though. You know, he's got uh, 28, 42 targets over the last four weeks. 90 yards plus in three of the last four weeks. He's, uh, he's quietly been really, really good. No, he's a... Uh... I mean, Larry Fitz is an every week consideration uh, matchup against Logan Ryan, uh, probably OK as well. Um, you know, but usually we want to target uh, Tennessee's perimeter receivers, you know, Dory Jackson and, uh, you know, Sims over there. But uh, and, and that's part of the reason why I think somebody that might be an interesting uh, sort of sneaky dart throw is the speedy J.J. Nelson. No one's going to have him. He's forty seven hundred. Very boomer bust. Uh, but I think he's going to pop off in a big play here. I like that. Uh, that's a, that does have a sneaky low percentage one at 4,700. I like that. I uh, like that a lot. Um, moving to the last two games of the day, which are both really interesting, fun games. We have the Redskins headed to the StubHub Center to face the LA Chargers. I finally got it right. Week 14. Uh, Chargers are minus six over under a 46. I wonder if this is one of those games that, uh, that might turn into a sneaky shootout between these two teams. Possibly. I think that that really, for me, the issue is Cousins and this pass offense against a very stout Chargers secondary. Like, you know, if if I I have Cousins in a season long where I'm going to be benching him uh, for my backup, I, you know, it it could end up working out. But who's the backup? uh, Obviously. Oh, my backup case Keenum. Oh, okay. well, that's that's a pretty good one. Yeah. Uh, But I mean, you know, I think. I don't want to sort of assume here, but obviously Josh Gordon is a freak athlete and, and he put up the basically he made Casey Hayward have the worst game of his of his season, the most yards that he's allowed. Um, and I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe, you know, obviously Casey Hayward lost his brother last week is going through a lot. Um, you know, maybe his head wasn't in the game. I think a week removed from here this week, he's going to be a little pissed about what happened. And, and it was still, guys, it was still only 85 yards, too. Exactly. Yeah. And, and now you're dealing with like Josh Doxson, who I guess is pretty good. Uh, Ryan Grant's on the perimeter. Those are the guys they'll be dealing with. Um, I just don't love a lot with the pass game for Washington. Um, Samaji P. Ryan is interesting against his Chargers run defense. It continues to get abused on an almost weekly basis. Um, the only concern really for me here is if the Skins abandon the run if the Chargers get off to a nice lead. But either way, I mean, since uh, Chris Thompson hit the IR, uh, P Ryan's seen seven targets over his last two games. So perhaps he's involved as a pass catcher. Yeah. I really like Jameson Crowder kind of for the, the reason you mentioned, I think that uh, the Chargers will take away the outside guys, really heavy targets last four weeks. He has at least seven in each game, 36 total in that stretch, actually 65 yards or more in all of his last five games, over 102 of those games. He's clearly the guy right now in their past, uh, the past game, you know, Grant and Doxon get some of the deep balls, but Crowder's kind of the guy. He drops a few passes, but he's their guy. 6,800, I think he won't be too highly owned. I kind of like the game script for him, too. You mentioned they may abandon the run with P. Ryan. I think that would be uh, more Jamison Crowder. Love him in PPR site. I like him on FanDuel. Nice. I like it. And that's probably something that works if you are planning to stack up on the Chargers side of the offense, going with Rivers and Keenan Allen or you know Gordon or however you do it, um, going with the pass game, getting Jamison Crowder on the way back. And and I agree with you. The middle of the field is, is the way they're going to have to get it done against this team. 
Yeah, you mentioned the Chargers. I love Phillip Rivers this week at 8,100. He has 434 and 344 yards in the last two weeks. Uh, the Washington Past, he kind of owned uh, owned uh, Dak uh, Prescott and Eli Main the last two weeks, but I don't really take read too much into that. Uh, before that, Breeze had 385 yards on him. Keenum had 304. Russell Wilson had 297. So uh, I'm not too scared of Washington. I love Rivers. I mean, Keenan Allen right now, first NFL player, first player in NFL history to have 10-plus catches, 100-plus yards, and a touchdown in three straight games. Yeah, and he's going to want to go for this uh, again this week. So that, that'll be interesting. Uh, the matchup against uh, Fuller is really not one that I'm too worried about. Kendall Fuller there in the slot. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, it's going to be hard not to consider going back to Keenan Allen, given how dominant he's been now that he's healthy. Man, I, it's just great to see him do work this year. Uh, absolutely. He's he's so fun to watch. Probably the best pure route runner in the NFL. I know he's not the fastest, not the biggest guy, but the way he runs routes is just fun to watch. Uh, what about Melvin Gordon? He's expensive this week, 8,600. He had 77 yards last week on 19 carries. Also had four catches. Only one touchdown in the last four weeks. But we talked about earlier, Alfred Morris thrashed this run D last week for 127 yards. Uh, you think Gordon finally has that big game? He, he's priced He's priced high. He is priced high. Uh, Washington's run defense is good. But, you know, Melvin Gordon sort of has these games uh, out of nowhere. Um you, you know, you really never know where they're going to come. And, you know, obviously he's been hurting me a little bit. I've been playing him over on uh, on DK the last couple of weeks and just not getting me a lot of points, um, you know, because he's not getting in the end zone. It's not your typical, if you remember how things were going sort of middle toward the end of last season before he got hurt. I mean, he was getting in the end zone and getting those opportunities like, you know, two, three times a game, just, you know, just, just a couple touchdowns a game. And, uh, you know, he does have nine touchdowns on the season, but just so many of those have come early on in the year. Uh, something's got to give. Something's got to happen with Melvin. I'm interested in playing him again. I'm just afraid of the price here. Last guy I like on this offense, I like Hunter Henry a lot. He did leave last game with a sore knee, but he's expected to be okay. That uh, Their coach said he's fine today. His snaps are up, 74% of the snaps the last two weeks, nine targets last week, seven catches for 81 yards. He kind of looks like the number two receiver in that in that offense to me right now, right behind Keenan Allen. Still price center, 6,000 at 5,600, 75 plus yards last two weeks. I think he's my favorite uh, tight end outside of Travis Kelsey this week. Yeah, and uh, the Redskins are one of those teams that you can sort of target with tight ends. Uh, they've given up the fifth most Fanduel points to opposing tight ends. They've given up seven touchdowns on the year. There's only a few teams that have allowed more, and most of those teams have just allowed eight or nine. So, um, yeah, I mean, Hunter Henry is in play every week. And it might be one of those uh, Smith-Kelsey, Tyreek Hill scenarios this week if uh, if you want to go that route with uh, Rivers, Keenan Allen, and, uh, and Hunter Henry there. Yeah, if Washington can just manage to stay in the game, I, I really like that possibility too. Uh, moving on to the last game of the week, uh, huge matchup. Uh, it's only like the 17th time, I think, they went back in history. The number one and number two teams in total DVOA have faced each other in the midseason. Uh, Philadelphia headed to the Coliseum to face the Rams. Rams are minus two in this game with over-under of a big 49.5. Um, starting on the Philly side, this should be a really fun game. Uh, Carson Wentz, 8,600. You playing him? I like him. I like him. Uh the, the decision here is basically him versus Alex Smith. And because I think that this game is going to be a lot more competitive, I'm probably going to spend the extra dough and get Wentz in. I think he's a fine cash game play. Uh, the main issue here really is sort of finding those right pieces on these off- on this offense really well. Um, it's not a very good team for, for fantasy and for DFS sake because, you know, they've got that sort of that three-headed monster with uh, Ajayi and Blunt and, and Corey Clement. And I'd like to see Ajayi get serious usage, get the ball 18 times, just sort of run wild. But we're just not seeing that. And then, you know, your weekly sort of pickings between Ertz and 
Alshon Jeffrey and Nelson Aguilar, it's almost like a New England Patriots situation. It's it's great for the team. Uh, they're probably going to make a run for the Super Bowl, but finding those pieces is usually tough in uh, in fantasy and DFS. Yeah, I mean, no, no, likely no Zach Ertz. He's uh, he's kind of questionable slash doubtful this week, so that help might help a little bit. Um, if you had to match up someone with Wentz, though, who 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 would it be? Uh, it would be Alshon this week. Um, he's probably going to see a lot of uh, Tremaine Johnson coverage. I think it's a pretty nice matchup. Uh, the Rams have done a, a pretty solid job at, at containing opposing perimeter receivers, but uh, Alshon would be the pairing. I think he's uh, due for a good one after sort of a mediocre game last week. And we talked a little bit earlier. We are talking about Steven Anderson talking about Trey Burton, um, Eagles tight end. If Ertz doesn't play, he had seven targets last week with, with Ertz uh, leaving the game early. He caught four for 42. Super athletic guy. I mean, the, the guy was recruited as a spread quarterback in Urban Meyer's offense when he went to the University of Florida, played a little bit quarterback early, then moved to wide receiver, and now has, has moved to tight end. So super athletic for a guy uh, his size and a tight end. Uh, my only concern was there's no tight end over 70 yards against the Rams all year long. Yeah, I think the thing is, is we saw how Carson Wentz was sort of keying in on Trey Burton. And uh, obviously, if you're looking at a situation of Tom Savage versus Car- Carson Wentz uh, throwing to Steven Anderson or Trey Burton, obviously, <laughs> it's it's pretty easy if right. you're basing it on that. Uh, but then again, a lot of the fact that Steven Anderson is getting the ball from Savage is because Savage just isn't a really accurate guy and sometimes has to throw those shorter passes. And obviously, Philly has a lot of good people on the offense who are all pretty good at catching the ball. What about on the Rams side? Obviously, kind of a perfect game script. You've got a low a low spread, high over under. Um, Jared Goff, you know, the Philly D is tough, but I wonder if this game might turn into a shootout as, uh, as both teams need to score. Yeah, so they're tough, but uh, the the pass defense, uh, actually, if you go back to some of the box scores, I mean, they, they, have, uh, they are passable against, I guess you could say. And we saw what Russell Wilson did last week, even though he didn't top 300 yards. Uh, he did play a pretty good game. Yeah. I mean, this week, I mean, I really wish Robert Woods is going to be back. Um, you know, he's, he's obviously, uh, not going to be ready. I don't think he has a timetable yet for a return. Uh, Cooper, uh, Cooper cup probably has the toughest matchup of the bunch, um, in the slot against Patrick Robinson to me. Um, you know, Watkins is interesting, probably the guy I would consider pairing with him. Um, but there's just something about this pass offense that I don't, I don't love. And on top of that, you've got Gurley, who, you know, tough matchup, but still a volume monster, but just hasn't been putting up those big games, hasn't topped 100 rushing yards in over six weeks, and uh, basically hasn't even scored in the last month. And Phillies, obviously, they're pretty good against the run. They rank third in DVOA uh, against the run, Um, but they are allowing the second most rushing touchdowns to opposing running backs. It's literally the only silver lining I I could find uh, for Gurley this week. Yeah, I mean, we, it's funny. We talked about Gurley as the volume monster early on, but it seems like Sean McVay has gone away from that. He has under 20 carries uh, five weeks in a row. For the fa- for the five weeks before that, he had over 20 carries. So they've really kind of uh, pulled back the reins on his usage, and you wonder if you know maybe they realize they're going to make the playoffs and they're kind of trying him, trying to get him a little fresh for the stretch run. But uh, in a game like mm-hmm. this, where there's a lot of points, you got to think they're going to use him. Got to think they're using the passing game too. Uh, 8,500. He's an interesting play. I think. Uh, He's not my favorite. I think I like LaShawn McCoy a little bit more, and that's if Tyrod Taylor plays. But if Taylor doesn't play, I think Gurley might become my favorite running back in, in this game that could uh, turn into a, a you know, high-scoring affair. Yeah, and I think just sometimes uh, people sort of need to assess the games uh, individually and not just say, hey, you know, it's a running back against a top three DVOA defense right. and sort of, you know, that can't be the reason alone. And, you know, absolutely. Gurley can smash. He's, he, he's due to, to, 
for 100 yards, he's due to score. And so uh, I'm interested at the price. Yeah, and you mentioned Cooper Cup. I mean, he's just so consistent. You know, six catches, six catches, eight catches, five catches. He catches so many of his targets, and, and Goff really likes him and kind of goes to him. I think that uh, this game has to score some points. It's got to come from somewhere. It's just a matter of figuring out where it is. Cup's up a little bit in price, up to 6,400. So, I, you know, I don't think he'll be too highly owned. But he's probably my favorite of the Rams pass catchers if I had to play one. I know you like Sammy Watkins a little more, though. Yeah, Watkins. Uh, you know, again, I'm not playing Watkins in cash. Uh, I'm not. I'm not crazy, but uh, you know, in a tournament, if uh, I could totally see a, you know, with with Coop with Cooper Cup having the tougher matchup, something with like, you know, Goff, Gurley, and uh, and Watkins in a game stack, and then maybe Alshon or or, or someone on the other side of it. Fair enough. Uh, quick wrap up, wrap up here. That's all the games we got through there uh, pretty rapidly, pretty good, pretty efficiently. Uh, what about quarterback? Who's uh, who's your top overall play, and who do you like kind of more in the mid range? So for me, the top overall play uh, in cash games would probably be Carson Wentz and uh, Alex Smith, more so for GPPs. And my sort of mid range cheap play is basically the same guy. All Jimmy G, all Jimmy G, all day, baby. Nice, I like it. Uh, my top overall play this week is Phil Rivers. I really like that game. I think Washington's going to score enough where uh, Rivers is going to have to uh, stay involved in the game for all four quarters. In the mid-range, I like Case Keenum a little bit. I know the matchup's tough, but uh, I think that, uh, again, I think they're going to have trouble running the ball against Carolina, so I think they're going to throw the ball. I think Thielen and Diggs both play well. I also like Jared Goff a little bit. Uh, we mentioned that game. I think it's a good game script. I don't know which receivers are going to get the balls. Uh, maybe, maybe Gurley catching the passes, but I think he uh, I think he puts up uh, enough points to be uh, worthy of that 7,700. All right. On the fade side, uh, for me, that's Cam Newton. Uh, again, just don't love the matchup against Minnesota here. And uh, sneaky low percentage, guys. It's going to be Eli and Dak Prescott. Call me nuts, but uh, like those two. Uh, probably, uh, probably a little bit more Eli than Dak for me this week uh, because I do like the running game of uh, Dallas this week. Yeah, I like uh, Case Keenum as a as kind of a lower percentage guy. I don't think he'll have a lot of ownership against Carolina. Uh, I'm fading Cam Newton also. I just don't like the way he's throwing the ball and going against that Minnesota defense. I just want no part of it. Uh, running backs, my top overall play is LaShawn McCoy. I don't have a lot of guys in the mid-range I, I love this week. I think Carlos Hyde's probably my favorite, but I think that I'll either go um, two pricey guys or a pricey guy and a cheap guy. Yeah, my my top overall play this week is going to be Alfred Morris. I talked about wow. him earlier like in the game. Yeah, yeah, sixty eight hundred. Uh, really like the price. Helps me get in those big boy receivers uh, that I'd like. And if I'm paying up, uh, if I really had to make a, a strong call, it would probably be Gurley, even against that tough defense. I think he gets it going. Uh, McVeigh gets him in action in a game that'll be close. Yeah, mine uh, mine switches to Gurley if Tyrod Taylor doesn't play. I don't. I want no part of that offense if Nathan Peterman's playing. Uh, on the cheap play side, I really like Gio Bernard at 5100. I think uh, you know the uh, the pricing came out before the Monday night game, so it, we, the, it wasn't adjusted up based on the Joe Mixon cushion. I think 5100 if if Mixon doesn't play is an absolute steal on Gio. Yeah, and uh, for me, I guess you can. I, I wouldn't call him quite cheap, but sort of my mid range guy here, uh, Lamar Miller, is somebody that nobody's really talking about. Wow. And uh, obviously, I mean, it's you know 6600. He's dirt cheap. It's a great matchup for him. Uh, he could get a couple of uh, a couple of chances to, uh, to to score from the goal line, uh, you know, and he could be part of that Des uh, and Mike Evans team because he doesn't have 100 <laughs> yards running either. So uh, he doesn't have you know, he doesn't uh, have 75 yards running all year. Yeah, pretty wild, huh? Yeah, uh, before catches for that. yeah four catches for 38 yards last week, consistently giving you two x on the salary, so so more of a little of a cash game play, and I think he gets in the end zone this week. 
Yeah, I'm a fade on Leonard Fournette this week. Uh, after looking at the Seattle run defense stats, I want no part there. And he hasn't been especially efficient to, in the second half of the season. Between sitting and being injured, he just hasn't done uh, hasn't done a ton, even though he scored last week. Uh, low percentage. Uh, I kind of like Peyton Barber. I think that the percentage will stay down uh, now that Doug Martin is active. But I think he's been so much better than Martin. I think the Dirk Cutter has to realize that. At least he hopes uh, hope he does. And I kind of think he slides through at a pretty good percentage. Yeah, my fade is is uh, Leonard Fournette as well. And uh, probably going to go a little nuts here and and going to fade a little bit of cheap uh, semi-chalk in Jamal Williams uh, because right. Aaron Jones is back. Uh, and on the sneaky low percentage side, I agree with you wholeheartedly on Peyton Barber. But I'm also interested in a, a little bit of Seattle Mike Davis. Fair enough. Uh, my top overall wide receiver this week is DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, love the matchup against the 49ers. Love the volume he gets. Uh, 8,600 priced up, so I'm hoping he uh, doesn't get a ton of percentage with all the uh, all the kind of mid-range plays, but he hops my favorite guy at the top. Yeah, same here. Top overall play, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, my two mid-range guys, and I'm going to eat the chalk with it here, uh, Tyreek Hill and Josh Gordon. Um but if I'm looking to sort of pivot off of that, uh, I do like Marquise Goodwin and Adam Thielen very much. Yeah, I uh, I love the mid-range this week. I actually like Mike Evans. I like Larry Fitzgerald. I like Golden Tate if Stafford plays. I like Jamison Crowder. I like Crabtree and Josh Gordon. I'm going to be mixing and matching a lot of those guys, uh, playing two or maybe three of those guys in most of the lineups. Uh, if I go expensive running back, I'll go with two of them. If I go cheap running back, I'm going to go with three of those guys. I, I love the mid-range this week at, at receiver. What about on the cheap end? Uh, definitely, you know, for me, it, it's sort of going with the crowd here again, but perhaps he's, his ownership will be somewhat muted after uh, sort of a, the hype fading on him a little bit and it being a tough matchup, um, at least perceived to be so, D.D. Westbrook. So he's my cheap play. My fade this week is going to be Robbie Anderson. My fade this week is Devin Funches. I just don't like the matchup against Xavier Rhodes, and I just uh, don't trust Cam you, right now, even though Funches You hate him. I <laughs> He's your, he's your weekly fade. He is, <laughs> and has not, has not worked well, very well. Looked great for three quarters last week and then bad. But on the cheap side, I like Marquise Goodwin, still under 6,000. I love D.D. Westbrook also, so kind of on the same page with you there. And my sneaky low percentage play, I really like Demarius Thomas this week at 6,300. I don't think anybody's going to go back after two horrible games. Everybody's talking about it. Trevor Simeon is. I like Demarius to, uh, to make a couple plays this week. Yeah, for me, sneaky low percentage, guys, it's going to be Dontrell Inman, who I like once again, very cheap. Uh, it's Stefan Diggs, uh, a little higher price there going back to the well on him. And, uh, I don't know, this could be a sucker play sort of chasing it back, but Trent Taylor, it's just, the matchup is just way, way too good. And I think he's going to get a lot of targets this week. Jimmy G. That's right. That's our boy this week. Uh, tight end. Uh, my top overall is Travis tra- top overall play is Travis Kelsey, uh, in the mid range. I really like uh, Hunter Henry a lot this week. For me, uh, I think if Shepard is not at full strength, I do like Evan Ingram. Um, definitely more of a tournament play. Uh, you know, obviously, if you're paying up, I think everyone's going to be going Kelsey. But that's what sort of makes Kelsey a little bit of a fade for me in tournaments um, because I'm going to want to construct my roster differently this week. And then mid-range cheap guys, uh, it's going to be Doyle and uh, maybe a little touch of Witten along with Steven Anderson and Burton. If I had to choose, probably go with Steven Anderson over Burton this week. Yeah, if I had to choose, I think I'm going to go with Burton just based on the uh, on the game flow in that game and based on Carson Wentz throwing the ball. But I do like both guys. I think uh, I think they're both really interesting. And uh, at, at min-price, uh, it's going to be tempting to, uh, to play definitely a lot of laps with both of them. You can get a lot of stuff in if you play those guys. Um, on the defensive side, my top overall play, I like Green Bay going against uh, going against the Browns. A little bit of bad weather this week in Cleveland, too. It looks like it might, be, uh, might have some slow flurries. It's going to be cold. I like to Sean Kaiser do all kinds of bad things in the snow. 
<laughs> sounds sounds about right. Sounds like uh, somebody that is is going to get a lump of coal in their stocking for Christmas. <laughs> uh, my top overall play, I think, is I mean, I don't think I know it's going to be Arizona, the Arizona Cardinals playing at home. Uh, I guess Mar- Mariota, who I agree with you, who has not looked good, did not throw any picks last week, but he did throw six in the weeks in the two weeks prior. Um, they're just way, way, way too cheap. So that's my play there. Uh, also, if you want to go cheaper play, I'm into Vikings. I'm into the Vikings. I'm into uh, their defense as a whole. And it's Cam Newton Funches and those guys making some mistakes this week. Yeah, I like Minnesota too. I kind of like Dallas as a sneaky low percentage play. I know you like uh, I know you like Eli this week, but um, you know Eli with a week off, uh, Dallas is kind of coming on a little bit. Demarcus Lawrence is really beasting on the defensive end. Um, I think they're going to get a lot of sacks against the Giants. I think Eli makes a couple of mistakes. I think Dallas at I think they're forty four hundred is a is a sneaky low percentage play. Not a lot of people are going to be on. Yeah, and another another I don't know if you'll call him a sneaky low percentage play, but uh, the Seahawks and and I think Bortles has looked great. Uh, no, I don't want to say great. That, that that's strong for Bortles at any <laughs> at any given time. He's looked better. He's his fantasy scores have been up, um, but you know I I just see him making a couple of mistakes against the Seahawks, and so uh, I kind of like them as a sneaky low percentage play this week. Yeah, I'm fading Cincinnati this week. I think I've seen a couple sites where they're the number one defense going against the Bears. I just don't think the Bears do enough risky stuff to uh, to play there. So I'm going to fade that one. Uh, anybody else that uh, you want to talk about before we get out of here for week 14? No, uh, just one sort of final thing since we always touch on them on the kicker side. Uh, I do like me some Harrison Butker for the Chiefs against the uh, the Raiders. So I think right. we'll, we'll uh, are just going to get scored on uh, a ton, and that's going to be with uh, the leg of Butker as well. Uh, Josh Lambeau, like him a lot in this game for the for the Jags, played him last week as well. And then Matt Prater, he owes after only two points. He heads to Tampa's into the warmth of Tampa Bay. Uh, those are my three kickers that I'm looking at this week. I, uh, my sneaky kicker this week, uh, since you mentioned a couple of the guys I like, my sneaky kicker this week is San Diego, Travis Coons at 4,500 min price. Yeah, I could see it if he can if he can hit it. Yeah, if he can get that Cle- uh, that that Cleveland uh, sort of funk off of him, he should be fine. <laughs> that is true too. If I had to go up uh, upscale a little bit, I'd go with Greg Zerline in a game I think is going to be high scoring. Uh, thanks yes. everybody for listening to the uh, RotoWire uh, DFS podcast for Week 14. We greatly appreciate you listening. Uh, again, if you uh, if you enjoy listening to us, please rate or review the podcast. We greatly appreciate that. You can go to iTunes. There's a little button on the uh, you click ratings reviews. A little button that says write a review. If uh, you could write a quick review and say some good things about us, give us some good stars. If you do, if you do like it, we greatly appreciate that. Other than that, hope everybody has a fantastic week and uh, scores a lot of points this week. Everybody, take care. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? 
Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.